The purpose of why we need tools in our belt is so that we can continue to build in our marriages, we can continue to build in our family, we can continue to build in our community, and we can continue to build in the next generation. Because some of y'all know, yeah, we can do this for ourselves, but there is another set of generation coming up that needs to know the way of the Lord. I think of Proverbs 22.6, that off the bat, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he gets older, he will not depart from it. Last night, actually, last evening, uh, I had a a great conversation with my 10-year-old son who had a hard day at school. And he could have just thrown the towel, but I was, had an opportunity to instill these principles in his life because I know he's the next generation to come. And we want that generation to fear as well, too. And so we're going to go into our message now. And I really want to talk to you guys about your influence. I've talked about, you know, leadership and influence, and, and I've talked about being an example. But I want to go a little bit more deeper with that because I want you guys to understand. Look around you for a second. Look at the men around you real quick. You see these men around you? All of you guys have something you need to give to somebody else. Okay, there's either it's a torch you're passing or, or seed you're planting. You guys all have something or someone that God wants you to invest in because God wants us to do life with people. Okay, and one of those things that we need to understand is that he has called us to be an example. Say, I'm an example. You know, when you look in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 9, this is Paul writing to the, book, to the church of Philippi. And I love what he says in this. He says, whatever you have learned. By the way, do you have a Bible or not? I want to stress how important it is to bring a Bible, okay? That Bible, the Word of God, it should be something you should be carrying around, whether it's on your phone or whether it's on your actual Bible. But if you have it, pull out Philippians 4, 9, okay? And I want you guys to understand that, that when Paul writes, he's writing a standard and an example that was instilled to him by the Holy Spirit. And then as you look at Jesus' life, you'll see that, uh, that Jesus lived this as well, too. But Paul says to the church, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. In other words, he's saying, I am your example, Okay, as as Christ is my example. And then he goes on, he says, and the God of peace, because we're looking for that peace. The God of peace will be with you. Paul tells the church, follow my example as I follow Christ. So you can see the importance of being, of being an example to somebody's life. And Paul understands that. I mean, he, he oversaw a lot of churches uh, in, in the New Testament. And you can see that he always said, hey, follow my example as I follow Christ. And as you grow old, you'll see that you are also going to be following Christ as well, too. And the reason why Paul says is, is three reasons. He's, number one is he wants us to be an example with the things you do. Now, I, I, want to, I want to stress and, and have you guys understand this. Because, you're not on, because maybe you don't have a pulpit to speak from or a microphone to talk in, doesn't mean that you're not going to be used or be an example for somebody. Because it really starts right here. My ministry started in the factory before I even came into the church. Because that was a platform that God gave me. Some of you guys have offices. Some of you guys are truck drivers. Some of you guys are, are, are maybe even stay-at-home fathers, grandfathers. Some of you guys are in corporations, in the office. 
Those are platforms that God has given you. And he says, I want you to be an example to the people that are around you so they can learn to follow Christ as well, too. So be an example with the things you do. Number two, find ways, okay? Find ways to improve yourself. And the reason why I say that is because we men can sometimes forget we need improvement, Let's just be honest and don't leave me alone. Sometimes we can act like we know everything, that we know more than all these people around me that I'm leading right now. I would, I would always tell my friend jokingly, I would always tell my friends, if I ever tell you I got it, smack me as hard as you can because I don't got everything. You know, and I say that in a jokingly way because I don't want you guys, my friends, to smack me later. So <laughs> I'm just joking. But here's the thing. We have to find ways to constantly improve in ourselves because there needs to be growth within our life. Number three, we also need to remember to develop, you need to develop yourself as a leader that can be trusted, okay? Develop yourself as a leader where people can trust you because it's unfortunate out there today that there is a world of leadership that feels like, well, I can dictate people's decision-making or I didn't commit to what I was going to follow through with or tell them what I was going to do. And therefore, you're a leader that doesn't become trusted. And God says, develop yourself in these areas to improve yourself so you can be looked at as a leader who can be trusted. And when a leader is trusted, God blesses that as we go. So again, be an example with the things you have and, and who are around you. Find ways to improve in yourself and develop yourself as a leader that can be trusted. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. The Bible says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion. And I'm going to say that again. Prowls around like a lion, looking for someone he may devour. Why am I pulling that scripture out? The reason why is because we need to acknowledge that there is an enemy out there that wants to kill, steal, and destroy the relationships you have with Jesus and the relationships that you have with people. And what God wants to do is he wants to expose the tactics of the enemy. You got football players in here, right? People that watch football. You know, when, when, when a game is about to happen and they look at the other opponent, the other team that they're about to play, they would study film beforehand in the locker room just to understand and understand the tactics of the defense or the offense or how they're going to attack to win. And in a sense, we have to have that type of mindset where we study his word and we listen to God through prayer so he can expose to us what the enemy's attack's going to be what he's trying to do. And so the Bible just told us in 1 Peter to be alert and be of sober mind. Don't let anything else impair you, but let the word of God be there with you so it can bring alertness to you. The devil will do everything he can to throw his weapons at you. And the one, and the one weapon that I believe can defeat someone that's trying to be an example or a leader of influence is your insecurity. You see, the devil uses insecurity as a weapon to make you disqualify yourself. He'll do everything he can to make you disqualify yourself because here's the deal. Christ, when he died on the cross for you, that shows right then and there that the enemy's been defeated. He can't do anything or harm you in any way. And we declare that every single time. We just worshiped that a second ago. 
that, that we have the victory already. But he can definitely try to manipulate you and lie to you to make you disqualify yourself. And what he wants you to do is knock your own self off the horse. And so what the devil tries to do is he tries to bring insecurity in your life, thinking I'm inadequate, I can't do it, I will never measure up. And what tends to happen in that season when we fall in that trap is we start comparing ourselves to other men. We start comparing our lives to other lives, and therefore we start uh, going downward and having our heads go down because what comparison does is it kills your courage. And when you compare yourself to others, your courage starts slowly dying, therefore to a point where you just want to throw the white flag and say, I'm done, and you've disqualified yourself. The devil wouldn't, devil has no right to disqualify. You can't, he, he lost. But he'll do everything he can to make you believe that he's doing it, but it's really you saying no to what God wants you to do in the influence. And there is a way to overcome that, and this is what I want to get to. How do you overcome insecurity in my life? Well, two ways, and you have to have acknowledgement. Number one, you have to acknowledge that you need God in your life. You need God. You can't do this life without God. Now, I'm not even talking about, uh, you know, saying, well, I already have God in my life. I'm talking about moments of your life where you kind of forgot what the scripture said, where you kind of forgot who God was in your life. Those moments when you feel like, how am I ever going to get through this? You know, God, why am I going through this? Those are the moments I'm talking about. It's those moments we need to acknowledge that I need my God to get through this. Um, a while ago, I mean, a, a long time ago, I talked about the, how much we can take pride in these things right here called our hands. All right. I mean, look at your own hand for a second. We've built a lot with this right here. OK, we've built so much with these hands. Put the right tool in our hands with the right knowledge. Guess what's going to happen? Something's going to be built. Something's going to be fixed. And when it's built or fixed into completion, what do we feel? Accomplished, right? A proud moment, right? But if we're not careful, when it comes to life in general, we can totally take pride in these things of what we built for our life and not acknowledge we needed God in our life. It's so easy to acknowledge God during tough times, but when we're doing some accomplishments and doing some good, we can sometimes forget who our God is and what he's doing. And so to overcome some of these things like insecurity or the weapons that, that are thrown at us, is to always acknowledge that you need God. Another way to overcome insecurity as well, too, is that you want to acknowledge I need to grow. <laughs> I need to grow in my life. I need to grow in my heart. I need to grow in my thought life. Because there are battles out there that we face as men that God says, you've overcome it, but you continually need to acknowledge that I am your God and that you still need to grow. Going back to what I said with my friends earlier, if I ever say I have it, or I know what I'm doing, or I got this, smack me as hard as you can, because I know I don't have it. And that's just an accountability. You know, you also need to know that God puts you right where you're at. Take a few seconds right now, just a few seconds, close your eyes. Think about your job right now. If you have a job right now, think about the job right now that you're at. Put yourself there in that job, that floor that you're in, that office, that chair, that, that room. Think about that, that, that spot for just a second. Okay? 
Now, now look around the people that you see, that you need to see on a normal basis, people you encounter, and analyze your day through that. How is my attitude, how is my demeanor, how is my speech during that time right then and there? How is my speech during that time? Now think about those moments when you're just like, I'm ready to get out of here. <laughs> I'm ready to leave and go. You can now see throughout a day, it's a roller coaster effect sometimes. Emotionally, attitude-wise, it's a, it's, it's, it's a roller coaster effect. You guys can open up your eyes now. The reason why I wanted you guys to go back to where you're at, and it might even be at family, it might even be at home, is I want you to understand that you need to know this, that God put you right where you're at. You belong there right now. Well, you don't understand how hard it is, Jesse. It's, 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 it's evil. <laughs> you know, these people are evil, and this, my job is evil, my boss is hard to work with. No. God puts you there with a reason and a purpose. You can do something about that atmosphere. Because God has given you the victory. See, on Sundays, we claim it. We have the victory. But on Monday mornings, do we still claim it? I have the victory when it feels so dark around us. I mean, someone just told me not that long ago, might have been you, Steve, I can't remember, that you can light up a match in such a dark, dark area that you can see that light from how far away? Do you know? About a mile away. A little match. Because that's just how impactful light is. And we're talking about a little match. Imagine the light in you. Imagine Christ in you. And how bright you can shine in such a dark room. I'm going to close it with one more scripture. And really, this is the anchor scripture I want you to go home and study for a while. Um, influence is very important. Being a man of God is very important. It's, it's rare nowadays. We need to step out into this world and not, not let culture define who we are, not let TV shows and movies define what a father or a husband should look like. I mean, we're mocked a lot by the world. You know, we're the lazy ones on the couch that bring the bacon home, you know, or, or we're the ones that are, are, are working 12 to 15 hours a day, you know, and we're the man of the house, we're the king of the house. And we neglect what God established in a true home, a biblical home how we are there to, to, to constantly lead and influence the families around us. And so I have this scripture I'm going to give you. It's Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. Only one only, okay? That really resonates in my heart for about a half a year now that God's really dropped us in. And I'm going to share it with you guys, believing that God's going to apply that in your life. But the prophet Isaiah, he always speaks these things that God gives him. And he obviously wrote them down. Uh, you have them in the scriptures. And what I'm about to read... It's Isaiah 61.1. What I'm about to read is really a picture of what's to come in Christ. And I'm going to read it a couple of times, but in a different perspective, okay? So right now I'm just going to read it as, as Scripture itself, okay? In, in Isaiah 61.1, the Bible says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Think about that for a second. Isaiah prophesies this. Now let me reread it again, but let's think about Christ and what he did. Let's think about Christ doing this, okay? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. You can see the mission of Christ in this now, right? 
And it's so cool to go to Scripture, read these things, and get pumped up. But now let's, let's think about yourselves. Put yourself in this scripture. Let's, 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 let's speak this and let's think about ourselves for a second. You ready? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Do you see the high calling you have as men? I mean, I get it. This is for everyone, but we're in a men's group right now, okay? So I'm speaking to men only. Do you see the high calling you have? Do you see the value God puts in you? All because of Christ in your heart. And so when he says, you have the Lord in you, you are anointed to proclaim the good news, that your words can mend the brokenhearted, can set the captives free, now you'll see and understand that you are in positions sometimes where it may seem hard in the natural, but God has placed you there for a reason and a purpose. Because it is a world that does not know him. And there are people that are anxious and eager for someone to reach out to them and give them an answer. And we have that answer. And his name is Jesus Christ. And so my prayer in this scripture is that the Lord continue to use that in my life, in my family's life, with my children, at my, in my office, at the store, with extended family, with friends. That when someone comes to me, they see Christ in me. That I decrease in my identity and I increase in his identity. That the old me is gone and he is all new in me. And let me tell you something. What God's going to do is he's going to use you in such unique ways that you're going to realize how did I impact that person? How did I influence that person? And the answer is this. Because the Christ in you moved on your behalf. 